are welcome to Faith to Faith broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Taking the message of faith around the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'll be reading from verse 1 through to verse 6. Do we begin again to commend ourselves or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to God's word. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Verse 6 who also had made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We have been talking about the core of ministry and I want to focus on the ministry of the Spirit. One thing we established last night was that the core of ministry is the ministry of the Spirit. And I also made a statement establishing one fact. That the Spirit of God will fill the void that you create for Him. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the Bible says that the earth was without form and void. It was void. It was void. It was empty. But it was in that emptiness that we saw the moving of the Spirit. And the Spirit of God began to move over the face of the waters. How that emptiness was filled was by what God said. Hallelujah. It means that the Spirit is released by the words. Amen. And that when we preach or teach, the core of what is going on is that we are transmitting or transferring the Spirit to people through the words we are speaking. And so ministry is not mental education. Ministry is the release or the supply of the spirits to the people that are under your influence. 
And that our focus is not that we are trying to build an organization. The reason why we have Bible schools and we have churches and we have um, publishing houses and all those things is that we are creating channels for the supply or the release of the spirits. What makes a man that was a mother yesterday become a saint today is not character modification. Is that the life of God through words have been imparted to his soul. And then he becomes a new creation. The very essence of God is now within him. Amen. This was what Paul understood. This was what Peter understood. This was what John understood. He said, that which we have handled, amen, of the word of life, we declare to you. They believed in the fact that they had to receive something before they could give it. I read a scripture also to you in Colossians 4.17. It says, and say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord. So ministry is received. That you fulfill it. And ministry is not received physically. Ministry is received by an impartation to our spirits. God speaks a word to you. And spirit is transferred. Hallelujah. And that ability to do what God told you to do has come into you. Amen. Have you ever thought of the fact that Solomon... As a young fellow, was taught many things by his father. But at the end of the day, Solomon made us understand that his father told him that the most important thing in life is wisdom. So when he had that encounter with God, and God said, ask me anything, he did not ask for money. He asked for wisdom. Now, it would have been easier to ask for money because... You will know when the money is given to him because there will be a fiscal transfer. The question you need to ask is how did the wisdom get into Solomon? Hello? Solomon just woke up one day. We knew that he had received it because of his judgment when they brought the two prostitutes and they, one of them um, lost the, the child and you know the story. So everybody say, ah, what wisdom is this? But between that time and that prayer he prayed, study carefully. There was no physical transaction that took place. We did not see God giving something in his hand. But something has been transferred to Solomon. The Spirit. Hallelujah. The Spirit. We saw the same in the life of Moses. Moses went up to the mountain. He spent 40 days and 40 nights. And all we heard was that God wrote on tablets of stone and gave to Solomon. I'm sorry, Moses. The Bible did not say the stone was shining. The Bible says the face of Moses was shining. But it was stone they gave to him. He came down from that mountain and 
the people were not saying, oh, look at the wonderful stone he brought down. They were saying, look at the glow on his face. That means that the real exchange that was taking place was not the stone. Was the transference of God's spirit to Moses. Amen. And we saw that Moses had it in such a tangible way that he could also transfer it. So Moses himself laid his hands on Joshua. And the Bible says that the spirit of wisdom came upon Joshua. Amen. The Bible now tells us in 2 Corinthians 4.13 that we in the New Testament, having the same spirit of faith, hallelujah, it is that same spirit that has been transferred from generation to generation. It is that same spirit that hovered over the face of the waters that is upon us to do ministry. And it is that spirit that we are transferring to people when we are speaking to them. The spirit is the spirit. The manifestations are diverse. He could touch one and what it will manifest as is knowledge, but it's the spirit. You could reach another one, what it will manifest as is healing, but it's the spirit. You could touch another, what it will manifest as is, is wisdom, but it's the spirit. You could touch another, what it will manifest as is utterance, but it's the same spirit. Amen. But the manifestation is of the spirit, but it's the same spirit. The substance of what is communicated or transferred is the spirit of God. Paul was writing to the Corinthian church. He said, For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistles of Christ ministered by us, he said, You are our letter. You are our approval. You are, you know, let me explain something to you. What he was trying to say in essence is that with you, we don't have to say anything again. Amen. He said the same thing also even to the Roman church. He said it to the Thessalon- uh, church in Thessalonica. He said, so that we don't even have to say anything. Because from out of you is sounding out the word of the Lord. You have received the thing. Amen. So here he was telling them, you are the epistle of Christ. They said, ministered by us. But we didn't do this ministration by writing you with ink. You were inscribed by the Spirit of the living God. Amen. If I have something written on paper, the message on the paper, what imprints or causes that thing to show is the ink in the pen. Huh? Or the lead in the pencil as the case might be. But, in this case, Paul was saying that what is inscribing into your hearts that Christ we are talking about is the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So, the thing that is doing the work, let me use the word thing, is the Spirit of God. In this case, the person. Hallelujah. Is the Spirit of God. That means that for us to do ministry, we must understand the things of the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, 1, Paul was writing. He said, Now, concerning spiritual, the King James Version says, Now concerning 
spiritual gifts. Gifts was not in the, in the original text. The word gift is italicized. It was not in the original text. So uh, the, the King James says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I will not have you to be ignorant. The original text should say, Now concerning spiritual. But since it won't make sense in today's English, because the Greek word there is pneumaticus, which means now concerning the things of the spirits, the affairs of the spirits, I will not have you to be ignorant. So if our ministry is the ministry of the spirit, we cannot afford to be ignorant about the affairs of the spirits. Romans 8.5 It says something powerful there. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. And the day that are after the Spirit do the what? The things of the Spirit. That means there are things of the flesh that are different from things of the Spirit. If the Spirit is what we minister, then we should understand the things of the Spirit. And thank God, it is possible to know them. 1 Corinthians 2 tells us that you study from verse 9, maybe I read 9, 10, 11, and then I skip to 14. In verse 9 of 1 Corinthians, he said, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Then he says, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. The Spirit started all things, yea, the deep things of God. Verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man? Save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Verse 14. He now says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit. Now, I want you to underline that word things of the spirit. Amen. Things of the spirit. Things of the spirit. There are things of the spirit. Amen. Things of the spirit. Things of the spirit. The natural man Receiveth not the things of the Spirit. Yesterday in our second service, um, I called out, I actually asked the whole church to stand up. If you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you pray in tongues, you feel the Holy Ghost, stand on your feet. So, so the rest that were sitting down, I said, okay, if you are sitting down and you want to receive the Holy Spirit, come forward. I say it's not by force. 23 people came out. So there were those sitting down that didn't want the Holy Spirit. They rejected the Holy Spirit. So, 23 came. And we laid hands on them. 21 got filled with the Holy Ghost. The other two, we called them and we found out that they were not sure of their salvation. Amen. So that scripture applies. The natural man, amen, receiveth not what? The things of the spirits. In the same way, the naturally minded man, he might be spiritual, but the naturally minded man receiveth not the things of the spirits. Paul was saying that the way of thinking of the unbeliever is not different from the way of thinking of a believer that has an unrenewed mind. So he said to them in 1 Corinthians, he said, look, I could not speak to you as unto spiritual, but I have to talk to you as men, men, even if you are not men, men. Amen. 
as unto canal. That means that these things of the spirits will function stronger and better when we decide to renew our mind and our thinking. Amen. The more renewed your mind is, the stronger the flow of the things of the spirits. So the natural man receiving the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. They are foolishness unto him. You can imagine, even the preaching of the gospel, he said, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So even the preaching of the gospel sounds like foolishness. You know that the reason why some people have not embraced the message of the finished works is simple. Is that they cannot understand how, if I don't tell you and give you rules and regulations, how you will know the right thing to do. Amen. Are you understanding me? They can't understand it. So they believe that, no, 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 we must teach rules and regulations. That's the foolishness of the gospel. That the foolishness of preaching, that through preaching, a man can be saved. Amen. <laughs> it's not that you took his heart physically and gave him another heart. That just by hearing a message, he can be a new creation. As long as you are thinking naturally, it will sound like foolishness to you. Amen. But God uses the foolish things of this world to confound those things that are wise. Amen. So, a lot of people, the reason they have not embraced that message is that. Because they, they are trying to rationalize it. But it's not, see, understand, let me teach you something about God's wisdom. The same way a Sinner was not taught how to sin. <laughs> Amen. There is a force at work within him. The force of evil. That produces sin. It's the same way the force of righteousness. Amen. Will produce right living. Are you understanding me? The same way death worketh in him. And makes him carry out all manner of evil. It's the same way this life works in the new creation and produces the good works. Amen. One time I was teaching and I was trying to explain something about the righteousness of God. And establish the fact that, look, you will never fully appreciate righteousness. And understand that you are righteous. If you didn't even first of all. Recognize how you became a sinner. Amen. If you think. You were labeled a sinner. Because of the sins you committed. Then you didn't understand. You will never really understand righteousness. The reason why you were ever called a sinner. The reason why any other human being is called a sinner is not because he's a murderer. It's not because he smokes cigarettes. It's not because he, 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 he takes alcohol. The reason why a man is a sinner is what Romans 5.12 was talking about. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world. And then he says what? And death by sin... And so death passed upon. This is how you became a sinner. Death was transferred to you. Amen. Death passed upon all men. For that all have sinned. You, 
You know when we talk about transferred aggression, this is transferred sin. Amen. Adam's sin is the reason you are called a sinner. Amen. Before you did right or wrong, you were already a sinner. Amen. Because of Adam's sin. If you understand this, it will be difficult for you to understand that. In the same way, before you did right or wrong, the day you believed in Jesus, the righteousness of Jesus was also transferred and conferred upon you. Amen. So you can boldly say, the same way you used to boldly say you are a sinner, you can also boldly say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You get the picture? So, Adam's sin. You were not there when Adam sinned. It was also not fair that Adam's sin was transferred to you. <laughs> you have not protested that one. Why are you protesting that it's not fair that Jesus' righteousness should be transferred to you? Amen. <laughs> you didn't do anything for Adam's sin to be transferred to you. You didn't do anything. You, you were just born. Amen. <laughs> for the fact that you were born, Adam's sin what? was created to your account. Amen. In the same way, when Jesus came, because the sentence over mankind has been declared from heaven, the soul that sinned shall die. So Jesus is that soul that sinned. He died. So that curse has been broken. Anybody that believes in what Jesus did, the righteousness of Jesus is created to his account, whether he did right or wrong. That's the gospel. Because he has believed. That's righteousness. Why am I saying all of this? Because the ministration of the Spirit is a ministration of righteousness. Let's read down 7 Corinthians 3. Let's read it down. We start at verse 6. Let's start from 6 and then read into 7. Who also has made us able ministers of the New, covenant, New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death, so he's calling that what, whatever Moses received, the ministration of death, because at the end of the day it produced death. Written and engraving in stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? So, he's trying to say that this one is ministration of death, this is ministration of spirit. But let's go further. Then he gives it another, he uses another word to describe the same thing. Verse, verse 9. For if the ministration of condemnation, earlier he called it what? Ministration of death. Now he said, if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more thus the ministration of righteousness, what? Exceed in glory. So here, he's saying that the ministry of the Spirit is a ministry of righteousness. Why? 
the foundation on which we stand to minister the Spirit, amen, is the foundation of our righteousness in Christ. Have you not seen in Isaiah 54, where Isaiah was saying, he says, he was talking about the children, he said, you'll be established in righteousness. And because you are established in righteousness, you will be far from oppression and from terror. Hallelujah. That means that if you are ministering righteousness to people, they will also be what? Far from oppression and far from... You know, there are a lot of people that are so cowardly in the body of Christ. You know what the missing element is? There is no church or ministry where people have embraced the message of righteousness and they are cowardly. Let me read this. In righteousness shall thou be established, thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Now, because one thing righteousness does to an individual is what Proverbs 28 verse 1 says, that the righteous is as bold as a lion. Amen. Righteousness emboldens. Amen. The devil knows that. That's why he fights the message of righteousness. You are a pastor. If you are not grounded in that message of righteousness, confidence to do ministry will always be shaky. If a minister is still asking himself whether the Spirit of God has left him or it has not left him, it has left him, what is the fate of his members? It, the reason why that question is asked is because he doesn't understand righteousness. If he understands righteousness, he, he should know that he is eternally forgiven. And he is forever righteous. Amen. Because righteousness is not... He did not earn it. It's not the color they gave him righteousness. Righteousness is a gift. Hallelujah. It's a gift. Romans 5.17 I, I didn't intend to read it, but let's just look at it. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive what? Abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. So he called it what? The gift of righteousness. See, righteousness is a gift. Righteousness is not a reward. It's a gift. It's a gift. So, I said, the ministry of the Spirit is also a ministry of righteousness. One of the... Amors, as listed in Ephesians 6, to put on the whole armor of God, they talked about the breastplate of righteousness. It's talking about the fact that the understanding of righteousness is what covers the vital organs you need to serve God. Amen. The vital organs of ministry. Your conscience, your heart. Amen. It's righteousness that protects it. So imagine that you are not grounded in righteousness. So you come for your church service and... It's not the way it's supposed to be. You say, ah, did I offend God yesterday? You should not be in that place where you're still asking whether you offended God or did not offend God. You shouldn't be there. Amen.
He said, you know, you know, the Spirit of God, you know, even David had to pray that prayer. David had to pray that prayer. You know? Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of salvation. Eh? That prayer David prayed is not in our own covenants. David prayed that prayer under the covenants of Moses. Are you understanding me? Today, one of the, see the core thing of the New Testament. See what's the New Testament? New Testament is not new rule. New Testament is this. The, the core of the New Testament is the Spirit of God. That is the New Testament. The promise of New Testament was that, okay, the scripture that just caps it is Colossians, I'm sorry, Joel 2, 20. In Joel chapter 2, he said, and it shall come to pass in the last days. He said, I will pour out my spirit, that's New Testament, upon all flesh, that's New Testament. Old Testament, the spirit was upon only the king, the prophet, and the priest. Now, New Testament, all flesh that believe in that sacrifice will have this spirit upon them. Why are you looking at me like that? That's New Testament. New Testament is the indwelling of the spirit in a man. That was what Paul was trying to explain in Galatians 3. When he started to say, Christ had redeemed us from the cause of the law. Be made a cause for us. Because he reason cause everyone to anger tree. He said, that the promise. Give, give me that scripture. L- l- let me, let me, of the spirits. Go to 14. Galatians 3, 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come to Gentile through Christ. That we might receive what? The last part. That we might receive what? The promise of what? Of the Spirit. Some of you always leave that part. That we might receive what? The essence of this thing was that we might receive what? Now it's not saying the promise. It's not talking about the promise that the Spirit made. No. The Spirit is the promise. The Spirit Himself is the promise. Are you understanding me? The promise of the Spirit. Through our faith in that finished work. We receive that promise of the Spirit. That means all through Old Testament there has been a promise. That the Spirit will be released. That the Spirit will be released. Now the Spirit has been released. This is New Testament. He is not released to go and come. He is coming to be with us till the end of the age and forever. That's New Testament. You read scriptures in Jeremiah. You read scriptures in Ezekiel. What he kept saying. He said, I will put a new spirit within you. And I will cause my spirits to be in you. And make you walk in my statutes. Amen. So the New Testament is the spirit coming within you. That's New Testament. So is the ministry of the Spirit. Are you getting where we're going to that? So the ministry of the Spirit is also the ministry of righteousness. It's the ministry of righteousness. You're standing in that place, understanding. Uh, let me just, because I, I left that one hanging. Go back to David's issue. Now David prayed that prayer. And then he said, Take not your Holy Spirit from me. And there are some ministers that are still praying that prayer today. Let me explain something to you. First and foremost, today, He has given you the Spirit, 
never to take him back. Secondly, at the time David was saying, take not, it means the spirit had not been taken yet. If I say, please don't take my jacket from me, what does it mean? I'm still wearing it. It's just that I'm afraid that you might take it. So there was never a case where the spirit was taken from David. Hello? But he was afraid for what happened to Saul. Amen. Yeah. He was afraid for what happened to Saul. And then you are also not Samson. Amen. You are not Pastor Samson, even if your name is Samson. He said, oftentimes the spirits will come upon him. He will shake himself and the spirit will come upon him. In the New Testament, the spirit is within us. Amen. And we stir him to come upon us from inside. There are languages you should understand. That's why the Bible didn't say, I will, I will, it didn't say, I will pour down. It said, I will pour out my spirit. Amen. It's not a, a downpouring of the spirit, it's an outpouring because it's already here on earth. Amen. Are you receiving something? Sometimes, you know, the, the most important revelation that anybody that ministers the Spirit gets to feel the Holy Ghost or so will understand is this. That the Holy Ghost is not coming from heaven to feel that person. The Holy Ghost is here. Amen. He's on earth. As a matter of fact, He's inside me. Amen. That day, in Acts chapter 2, the Spirit of God changed address and relocated to the earth. Are you hearing me? That's what happened. Like a mo- that's why it was a mighty rush. It was a change of, he was packing. Amen. <laughs> like a mighty rushing wind. Amen. He changed address and came here. So, when we are praying for people to feel the Holy Ghost, we are not, He is not coming from heaven. Understand that. Secondly, He, the individual that is receiving the Holy Spirit, is not begging God to give Him the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has already been given. He is a gift. All He is doing, that person is doing, is receiving. Your job as the minister is that you are helping this brother or sister to receive. Is that clear? It makes the job easier. That's why you don't have to push them. Amen. You're helping them receive. Are you seeing that understanding now? So that's the ministry of the Spirit. Why do we... Let me just add this one free of charge. Why do we spend time to meditate on God's Word? The Word of God is powerful on its own. But let me say something to you. The challenge is this. I am the challenge. When I meditate on God's Word, I become confident that the Spirit is in that Word. So when I speak it, it has more power. Because now I believe. So, 
what I'm doing when I'm meditating is me. It's about me. This scripture is about me. So I take that scripture and say, out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. It's in the book. But now, I am planting it in my heart. And I keep saying it to myself until the spirit in that word comes alive in my heart. The language Peter used, he said, until the day star arise. I was listening to a global entrepreneur. He's a Christian. He's a billionaire in dollars. And he was talking about what he does with his pastor's messages. Kai. And that's what any minister should do with the Bible or any message. He said, when I, he said, I don't, I don't listen to my pastor's messages in the car. I said, uh-uh. He said, I don't listen to it uh, when I'm jogging. No. He said, I listen to it sitting down like I'm in a class. And I don't let go of the message until something comes out of it and I know what to do with it. That means he knows that every message carries is the Spirit of God within it. You can meditate on John chapter 3 verse 16. Until every symptom in your body will disappear. Every pimple on your face will dry up. The scripture that has not worked for you is the scripture you've not meditated upon. Are you hearing me? The scripture that has not worked for you is the scripture that has not meditated upon. Every scripture, the Bible says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It means God breath on every word of His. It carries the same spirit as God has. Amen. The word. So I take that scripture and I keep saying it to myself. Unbelievers, which doctors, people understand how to chant something over and over again until it works. When you are, when you are chanting in scripture, chant the scriptures. Amen. You can dance with them. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed. <laughs> you are saying it. You are chanting until the spirit of the world possesses you. You read the scripture in Ezekiel where he said that, And the word entered into me. The spirit of the word entered into me and raised me up on my feet. The word can raise you up. I said the word can raise you up. Because there is a spirit in that word. Amen. He said, the spirit of the word entered into me and set me upon my feet. So, if you are not yet on your feet in a situation, get God's word. Amen. Meditate on it until the spirit in that word raises you up. Raises you up. (laughs) I'll end on this note. Now, let's, let's just end here. You know, this Bible is a revelation. It's not a rule book. It's not a story book. It's a revelation. If it is that Spirit of God, the author of the Word, 
that can interpret it to your heart. If you read the Bible without the help of the author of the Bible, his story you will see. So the Spirit of God opens our eyes and then we begin to see. I was teaching on one point and I explained to you that that your heart is burning about something does not mean your eyes have opened yet. Luke 24 taught us that. That Jesus was on he, 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 two disciples were on the way after Jesus died, on the way to Emmaus, you know the story, and then Jesus met them on that journey. While they were going, something happened. They did not know it was Jesus. The Bible said their eyes were holding. They didn't know it was Jesus. Then all of a sudden, Jesus made them see him. The Bible says their eyes opened. He opened their eyes. And they knew he was the one. But you know what they said? They said, when he was talking, did our hearts not burn within us? That means, their heart was burning, but they didn't see. Amen? That means the burning face, the seeing is greater than the burning. Amen? So, you are hearing a message, your heart is burning. Stay with it until you start seeing. Amen? You are listening to a tape. You say, hey, malababa. You start speaking in tongues. That's burning stage. That's burning. That's burning. That's burning. That's burning. Stay with it. Stay with it. After a while, the day star will arise. Amen. You will see. I taught a message. Get it. Arise, shine. After the light. That's the message title. If you're a minister, get that message. After the light. After the light. Get it. What I was explaining there is this. Arise, shine. For your light is come. He's not saying, you know, sometimes people say, yes, arise. Means that I'm stepping out in faith. I'm stepping out to do that thing that God has called me to do. So he said, but arise, shine, for your light is come. Means that you cannot arise until your light comes. If light has not come and you stand up, you will fall. Amen. So we, we rise up as a result of light. When our eyes open, then we rise. And we win. Amen. We always win. So, if some of you are here now, your heart is burning about it. Take the message. That's why, if you are serious with the word of God, you don't listen to a message once. No. My wife uh, uh, always talks about this, you know. She said, I don't understand. She said, I don't understand. How you read a book, how many times? You watch a movie, how many times? I can watch... <laughs> Will I leave me? No. He said, we've seen this movie before. Say, no, there's something else. Any serious book I have, I've read it at least three times before I will keep it. And I'm always reading. There's no day I don't read. I said, there's no day I don't read. I'm always reading. I don't have to count against. I would say they read um, 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 50 books a year. So I, I don't know. I read more than that. I, because I'm always reading. The point is this. When you are listening to a message, your heart starts burning. That's good. But many times we stop there. That means that Virtue has not really come out. Um, Kai, there's an illustration I wanted to use, but there are children here. It, it will not, 
it, it might not be, it might not edify them. Amen. You know? Kai. How many children are here? How many children? <laughs> Can they, are the children hearing what I'm saying? Okay. Let me leave that illustration. But it's the most part, I've not beat, I've not seen an illustration that beats it. <laughs> Amen. Alright. I, I can't, I've not found an illustration that beats it. I will leave it. I'm not happy that I'm leaving it, but I will leave it. <laughs> that your heart is burning does not mean life has come. Are you understanding me? It is when virtue from that word comes out, that's when you let it go. Amen. That's when you let it go. So, there are some things you've known. But what, the reason why God brought it to you, you've not really gotten the reason yet. The main thing has not come out of it. Hallelujah. So, until your eyes open, I know that's why you hear sometimes somebody will share a testimony and say, it was in that meeting that this one happened. There was that meeting that... That means that the, something came out of it. You came for this meeting. Something should come out of it. Something should come out of it that you point out. This is the thing that came out. When God said, let there be light. Let the heavens and the earth, let the earth bring forth. You saw what came out of it. Amen. You saw what came out of it. Is the spirit that gives life. Say it's the spirit that gives life. Say again, it's the spirit that gives life. Every thought that comes to your mind, every thought that the word of God, every image that the word of God brings to your mind, you are meditating, you now see five billion. That's the image that came to your mind. The spirit needs that image to Breathe life on it. What called animations. That money becomes physical. Are you understanding me? Are you, are you with me today? The greatest man living that has understood this truth and by the blessings of God many have drawn from him is David Yongicho. The power of imagination. To know that if only I will allow this word of God form an image in my mind. The spirit, that's what he's waiting for. Amen. I said, I made a statement, it's a deep statement, it's a message on its own, that the spirit is looking for a void to fill. So this connects it now. Your church, the day you see 100 people in your mind, you have given the spirit material to work with. Are you understanding me? Yes. The day you see yourself driving a car, the more specific you are, the easier the Holy Ghost can walk. Vagueness is delay. Are you getting something? So, when you are having intercourse with the Word of God, the purpose of God's Word is to impregnate you with a picture so that the Holy Ghost can animate it. Did you get that? 
give life to it. It is the Spirit that giveth life. It is the Spirit that giveth life. It is the Spirit that animates. It is the Spirit that giveth life. My prayer this morning or this afternoon is that the Spirit will bring life to those pictures in the name of Jesus Christ. That as we're speaking, the words that you've been hearing, hallelujah, they will form images in your heart, specific things that will be achieved this year, and the Spirit will bring them to pass in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that no church, no pastor, no ministry, under the sound of my voice, will go out of this place and not see the manifestation of these things that we're talking about. Right now, I release the Spirit upon you. Wherever you are, I release the Spirit upon you. I release the Spirit upon you. There are different manifestations of the Spirit upon different ministries and different pastors. As the Spirit of God begins to move upon the face of the ministries here, I declare in the name of Jesus that the voids that have already been created right now, the Spirit of God begins to fill those voids in the name of Jesus Christ. Begins to fill those financial voids. Begins to fill those attendance voids. Begins to fill those idea voids. Begins to fill those voids now in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, that hunger in your heart. To do ministry and the miraculous. May the Spirit of God brood over you right now. And fill that void in the name of Jesus Christ. Let that picture come to life. This year, those dreams you had. Those visions you had. Those thoughts you had. They materialize in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Abba Father. In Jesus' most precious name. And let me say loud, Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed. You can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message.